0: Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing? We doing okay? Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing Hymn 63, Hymn 63. And afterwards, we'll have a word of prayer, and we will continue from there. Hymn 63. 63 oh okay <laughs> hey man that 62 is a good one too we'll do 62 next hey man we'll do 62 next we'll start off with 63. him 63 here we go oh how he loves you and me Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life, what more could he do? Us and Father, we were reminded of the words of David where he said, What is man that thou art mindful of? Right. of him. And so, Father, we're just so thankful, Father, for your love. We're so thankful, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank, we're thankful, Lord, that we can come together as a body of believers, Lord, right. and exhort one another and be encouraged during the middle of this week. And uh, Father, we just pray, Lord, that everything that's uh, done here, Lord, will be pleasing back to you, pleasing to you, Lord. And that uh, the church body is edified for it. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. And you may be seated for hymn 62. We got to do hymn 62 now. One day the grave could conceal him no longer, one day the stone trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glory will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one's bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. Amen. Let's do this last verse. Here we go. Oh, one day the trumpet will sound for his coming.
1: earring for a lady's a lady's earring yeah I know right and um, it's right here it looks like a little anyway a dangly thing I personally don't wear them the men I know don't wear them Amen. <laughs> anyway I just thought I'd throw that in there work day hey, your bulletins alright but if you, if you lost one it's right up here I'll put it Uh, on the communion table if you need it, if you lost one, all right. Work day, uh, while you're getting your bulletins out uh, from Sunday, please uh, let me remind you that's on the September 17th uh, following um, uh, soul winning. Uh, We're going to, I mean, they're going to do some cleaning around here. They'll be doing some stuff outside, uh, working on uh, the cleaning up of the rest of this out here. Brother Robbie's been working on that pretty hard lately. So we want to give him some help and do some tree trimming and some things like that to get that thing cleaned up as good as possible so that we can get our bus in there and out of the weather. So, uh, you know, we God supplied us with a nice vehicle. Amen. Amen. That thing will run up and down the road, freeze you to death with the air conditioner. Amen. That's the kind of vehicle I like. Amen. Amen. But we need to take care of it, so uh, please come and help us with that. There's, uh, if, you, if you need, having questions about it, uh, see Brother DeVito, but it'll be around 10.30, not going to work long. You know, we ought to be through by 7 that evening.
0: <laughs>
1: All, right. <laughs> All right? We ought to be through pretty quick, so just come. There'll be plenty of something to do for everybody, okay? Found you, got your bulletins? Everybody found it? All right, let's look at them. Uh, seven, uh, this coming Friday, ladies, uh, are, you'll be leaving from the church by 4.20. If you're riding the van, you got to be here by 4 o'clock, okay? Um, if, otherwise, if you're not here, you may have to drive. So please be here. We've got a good group of ladies going, 17. Amen. That's pretty good, amen? amen. And uh, so late, uh, ladies are going to have a great time, so please be here. Uh, ready to go by four. If you're going to ride the van, otherwise, uh, you'll you know what to do. All right. So if you have any questions about that, see Miss White after service. Okay. Uh, also, children's store. If you'd like to bring some things, folks have already been doing that. Please don't forget about that uh, to help us with our our Baptist Bucks store. The kids enjoy that, so don't forget about it. Uh, also, a church yard sale says tentatively for October 1st or 8th. Uh, that's coming up. That's to help the uh, trip to Grants, New Mexico. I'm telling, and I, I keep mentioning this, but I wanted, but Brother Cato, uh, he has really gone overboard about making sure we're coming back. Okay? So, uh, I mean, we if you went last this past summer, uh, just mark it down, okay? We'll get the dates for you. It'll be pretty close to where we were at this past summer. We'll get everything set up. Uh, but the only thing that may be different is we've got to have some drivers. If you do not have your, your, uh, your uh, CDL with the, uh, with the bus tag or passenger tag on it, uh, we need some help with that. Brother Coy drove last time. He and I drove it back from California. And, um, you know, but my driver's license, they expired a long time ago. But uh, I'll try to get them back. But that's hard for one person. Thirteen hour driving on any vehicle's tough. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So uh, we need your help. If you'd like to invest in the ministry of Central Park Baptist Church, let me if, you, if you'll do some research on that. I've been doing that. It's a federal thing now, it's a government thing. It works a lot better now. <laughs> <All> right? <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, we'll uh, we're looking into that. So that'll be before we travel next year. All right. So mark that down. Also, October 12th through the 16th is our mission conference. We'll Brother DeVito's working on the uh, little booklets that has the uh, itinerary in it. Also, the schedule of speakers, and uh, so you can pick some of those up Sunday. We'll we'll try to have some out ready for you this coming Sunday. So. Uh, just mark those dates down. Each evening we'll have something for you to eat. If you're coming from work, uh, we'll start dinner at 5:30 Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, so just come and eat. We want you to. Come. I would rather you come in your work clothes, eat, and then be a part of our mission conference than miss. Uh, so um, uh, I mean, uh, it's important for our church. I believe God's blessed us as a result of that. Uh, we're going to have a good time. The Millers are going to be here singing. Uh, I, I now, and y'all pray about this. I was talking to Brother Choi today, and uh, he's, uh, uh, he was already talking to our Korean folks maybe about coming and singing a special in Korean. Yeah, I thought that would be awesome, Amen. And uh, we'll invite you to sing along, Amen. It'll be a song you know. That's what I'm saying. Okay, not, not in Korean. We wouldn't want you to do that. You know. Uh, but uh, but mark those dates down. it's going to be a blessing and, and uh, I, I know it'll also be a blessing for the church that you uh, uh, that you attend all right um, Now if you'll get your prayer sheets out uh, real quick if you if there's any changes or, or that need to be made please let me know so that we can do that. Uh, otherwise please fill out the prayer card so that we can put these uh, prayer requests on here uh, that way we don't have to. You know, go over all those during the service so that we can get right to the matter of prayer. And uh, but please remember to pray for these on our health list. Uh, continue to pray for Miss Jackson, uh, that the Lord help her. But also, I want you to pray for Miss Roslyn and Miss Adrian, and and as they take care of their mother. Uh, all, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because listen, it's difficult. Uh, I've seen my my mother do go through that, and my dad when they took care of my grandmother. So uh, it, pray for them that that God will help them and and uh, give them strength, and also that uh, the Lord will help Miss Jackson as well. Okay, uh, remember all these others on here. It's good to see Miss uh, Erica here. She had her surgery the other day, Amen. and she's here, Amen. and uh, you know that's awesome. That's called being. Uh, um, Instant in season and out of season.
0: That's
1: what that is. And uh, so I'm thankful that she's here. But remember to pray for these others, uh, that they all uh, do well and and continue getting stronger. A special prayer for Brother Gary Lund as well as he's dealing with some kidney and and also issues with his eyes. So uh, lift him up in prayer as well. Okay. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll... Uh, ask the Lord's blessing on the offering, but let's pray for our day Sunday. God's good, amen, Amen. all the time, time. regardless of what goes on in our life. You know what? That still does not change the nature of Almighty God, and I'm I'm thankful for that. So uh, let's pray and uh, ask God's blessing on our offering. Pray for these uh, as we... Uh, on our list that are here tonight. And please take these home and make them a matter of prayer. Oh, which m- reminds me, if you'd like one of these prayer booklets that we've got, uh, if you, they're, gonna, they're updating those. If you're interested in those, listen, it's, if we'll get those, uh, then everybody will be prayed for every day of the year, missionaries included, if we get involved in that. Now, we've done that for about the last uh, 12, 18 months, so... And they're just renewing those things. So if you've got one of those and you want to be a part of that, let me encourage you. I think we need a, uh, don't we need like tw- enough to fill the, the uh, alphabet? Yes. Aren't there 30 letters in the alphabet? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if we had 30, then somebody could be, get prayed for a little extra. Amen. And so uh, put your name on that list out there if you're interested. And they're, they're working on those even now as we speak. But, uh, listen, I, that'd be an awesome thing to know that somebody's prayed for you every day of the year, yep. and, uh, I mean, people that in this building that love you and care about you and praying for you, so let me encourage you to be involved in that, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your and your mercy to us. Uh, thank you for our church, Lord, the way you've blessed, and God, the, the sweet spirit that we have here. and. Uh, God, we can't do that without you. That's not something that's brought on by this flesh, but it's brought on by the Spirit of Almighty God and and a people who's willing to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in their hearts and lives, and and uh, God, I'm thankful for that. And Lord, may we always be uh, receptive, Lord, to your Spirit, God, as you speak to us, Lord, in, uh, every day, Lord, not just while we're here, but every day of the week. And then, Lord, when we do come together here in this place, I pray, God, that you would Please uh, move in our hearts and in our thoughts, God, that, uh, Lord, that you'll strengthen us, Lord, on Wednesdays to make it through the rest of the week uh, to where we can come back again together and worship you, Lord, on Sunday. So, God, please help us and strengthen us, Lord, in, in, in our people. And, God, strengthen our folks that are sick, Lord. There's many. And, Lord, we've mentioned some. Lord, Miss Jackson is right there at the top of our list. And we pray for her, Lord, and pray for her strength, God, her help. But, Lord, I pray, God, for the family as well miss adrian and brother george miss Rosalind and brother shelton and and the rest of the family that helps uh, take care of miss jackson lord uh, god that's difficult at best and lord so i, I pray that you strengthen them and uh, lord just help them lord as they do that god i pray also brother gary and uh, his health lord with his uh, kidneys and with his eyes i lift him up in prayer lord i also continue to pray for miss erica lord as she's uh, uh, Lord uh, getting uh, getting over her surgery God she's still got a little ways to go and I I pray for her I'm thankful that she's here tonight Lord please strengthen her God uh, Lord in a special way Lord I pray for my dad Lord as he's also recovering God from being in the hospital uh, God uh, uh, he's got not just his health to worry about and mom but Lord uh, the church there at Springtown and God there's uh, I pray she'd be with him and and help him, Lord. I, there's a lot of things going on there in the, in their life and in their church. And, uh, God, that they need your help and they need your wisdom, Lord. And, God, they need your protection, God, over over them. And so, Lord, I pray for Dad, that God, that you'd strengthen his body, uh, Lord, that you'd strengthen him, uh, Lord, also mentally, God, as a pastor. And, uh, God, that you'd give him the strength that he needs to lead uh, Springtown Baptist Temple. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd also be with Uh, the rest of our folks here on our sick list, Lord, I I lift them up in prayer, God, and uh, I call a few more by name. I think of Brother Dennis, Miss Susie, Lord, for Brother Dale Maker and cancer, God. I think of Miss Jerry and her health as well, and uh, God, I, I, I pray for all of these that are on here, Lord, and God, uh, Miss Brenda, Ms. Miss, uh, Myra, Lord, I, I, I lift all, up all of our folks and ask you, God, for your hand to be upon them. I pray, God, for our mission conference up and coming. Uh, God, it's never too early to start praying. And, and so, Lord, I pray, dear Father, God, that you'd please help us, Lord, as a church to stay the course, uh, God, in missions, Lord. Stay the course in in uh, preaching and teaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to stay the course in soul winning and reaching out into this community Lord and into this area for the cause of Christ help us Lord to stay the course according to the word of Almighty God uh, without compromise Lord without apology Lord but God to just preach and teach the word of God in such a way uh, Lord that folks will want to come and be a part of Central Park Baptist Church help me Lord as a pastor God to lead uh, Lord uh, being led of you dear Holy Spirit God help me to be a Uh, a godly pastor lord a spirit-filled pastor and and god i'll give you praise for it i need you lord and god i know for a definite lord that i can't do it without you and so lord i ask you god for your strength and your help bless us lord tonight in our bible study uh lord i pray that you'd help me to rightly divide your word of truth and stay in the context of scripture and lord i'll give you praise for that bless this offering thank you lord for uh Uh, A giving church who's involved in not only in tithe and offering, but in faith, promise, missions, giving. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that we'll stay the course in everything that you've called us to do. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
0: more time. What we'd like to do is to sing Hymn 324, Hymn 324. We'll do uh, first and last verses, chorus. Afterwards, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for tonight's Bible study. Amen. Hymn 324, sing along. A wonderful grace of Jesus.
1: Daniel Chapter Five, (laughs) and all God's people can say, Praise His name, amen. That's loud. You better turn me down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's hot. But if you find your place, go ahead and stand and we're gonna read through verse six, all right? Daniel chapter five. Found your place, amen. amen. Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousands, or before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded uh, to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives, his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against the other. Father, help us, Lord. There's a lot of stuff in here, Lord, in these first few verses of Daniel 5 that, Lord, I I, sure would like to get to tonight. And so, God, I pray that you'd help me. Help me not to rush, but help me to be clear, uh, Lord, about the message that you laid upon my heart. And God, may we receive what you have for us and give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's been 20 weeks. I was looking back since we started in the book of Daniel. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a while. When you're really, when you're digging for gold, it takes a while, amen? Uh, and in the process, you find a few nuggets here and there, but in the process, you find some big nuggets that really are a blessing, and I think that's what's happened. And so when we come here to chapter 5, uh, we have the initial fulfillment of the prophecy uh, that was given to Nebuchadnezzar. And if you remember the image, the head was of gold. All right, but the head of gold now is replaced by silver uh, in the image, and the, the Babylonian Empire is swept away by the Medes and the Persian Empire, and uh, and, and uh, the Belshazzar here, as he's mentioned in chapter five, uh, has really been used over the years uh, by critics of Scripture, uh, of um, liberals to deny the accuracy of of the Bible. In fact, a few decades back, and these books are still around, you can get them. I I would not recommend that you get them, you know. Uh, But there was a movement called Higher Criticism. Any of y'all ever heard of that? Yeah, Higher Criticism. Um, According to this philosophy or this approach, the Bible, they say, must be viewed as any other book. Okay, uh, according to this approach, there's no room for the supernatural or for miracles. So if a statement is made in the Bible and it's unsupported by secular history, or if a name, for example, is given that's unknown to scholars, then it is assumed that the Bible is in error. That's what higher criticism is. Um yeah i I'm not brother Marco I wouldn't call it higher criticism. I just call it lower thinking you know um, they think that it's an error for a lot of years there's there was no historic evidence and this is you can read it, it there's no historic evidence for a lot of years uh, of the existence of a king of Babylon named Belshazzar so the liberals this higher criticism group they Uh, claimed, and they jumped right on this, that the Bible was in error. And, And, you know, listen, when somebody wants to disclaim Scripture, that's the first thing they do. They don't, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. So they said that the Bible is not historically credible. All right? But then guess what happened? Archaeology comes along just like this. And prove the critics wrong, but I'm telling you listen if that's to me that's backwards. the Bible will always prove critics wrong uh, we if we 'll just take God at his word, his word will always be true amen um, uh, and there was when the archaeologists dug this up, they found that there was a man named Belshazzar. imagine that. Uh, He did rule as a king of Babylon, just like the Bible said. Uh, And so you say, well, so I'll give you a little history of Belshazzar. His father's name was Nabonidus, okay? He was the son of a high priest of the temple of the moon god of Haran, okay? Nabonidus, he had a, a, I guess, a strong... Alluring or attachment to the occult and, and this uh, uh, moon god of Haran, and, and, and he was not interested in being a ruler over a kingdom. He wanted to spend all his time delving into this moon god. So, what he did is he had a son. Guess what his son's name was? Belshazzar. So, as it was in those days, he thought, well, I don't want to be the king over a kingdom, so I'll just, you know, manipulate some things around to where my son can be. So, long story short, he basically married into the family and became a co-regent. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Uh, He became a co-ruler. That's why King Belshazzar said, watch, and you go and read it. He said, anybody who can read this writing on the wall will be made number three ruler of the kingdom of Babylon. You know why number three? Because Belshazzar was number two. Guess who was number one still? All right, you still follow me, say amen. And so this, when, this stumped all the critics, because why would a king say, if you can read the writing on, on the wall, you'll be number three? Why would he say that? Well, the reason he said that is because the Holy Spirit of God knew what was going on. And he knew that Nabonidus and his son, Belshazzar, were joint rulers of Babylon, now, and listen, and I, I thought of this, when you find something that you don't really understand in the Bible, you, you're still with me, and you find something that doesn't go along with secular history, if you'll just be patient, God will work it out. God does that. I mean, the Bible says, let God be true and let every man be a, a liar. Between chapter 4 and chapter 5 of Daniel, about 23 years has taken place. And so now Daniel, he's an old man. And, 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 And think about it. Remember how he got to Babylon. He was taken captive out of his homeland, okay? And he has served faithfully in Babylon for almost 70 years, all right? So Daniel is probably now in his late 80s. And at this point, Belshazzar is now ruling over the city of Babylon. Now, think about it. His father has been captured. All right? He's been taken by the Medes and Persians. And and most of the Babylon empire has fallen. And all that remained now to be conquered was the city of Babylon. And when all this has taken place... The Medes and the Persians are perched. They have besieged the city. You know what I mean by besieged? They have encompassed the city, and they're on the outside. Well, th- listen, they're just waiting. But Babylon, it, it, they had spent a lot of money on defense. Okay, so the first thing that they, listen, they wanted to make sure that this city was impregnable. And, and this is exactly what Belshazzar's thinking right now. He's thinking, man, that there is nothing that can overtake us. There's nothing that can get us. They had spent all this money on building this wall. Now watch, this was a double wall that had been built around the entire city. And history teaches us that the wall was over 300 feet high and somewhere around 87 feet wide. Listen, that is a big wall. Around this wall was perched about a hundred towers around the entire city in strategic positions that it would have been almost impossible for anybody to sneak up on the city. So Belshazzar and all his people, they are inside the city thinking, man, we good. The Medes and the Persians are out here. Listen, they had enough uh, supplies, literally to last for years, they, they had built the city in such a way that the Euphrates River had, was running through the middle of the city. They had plenty of water. Listen, no wonder they thought that they, they were good to go. No wonder they thought that there was no one that could overtake them. And B- Belshazzar believed that they were absolutely secure. So guess what he's doing? He's having a big party. Yep. He's thinking, man, we, we're all right they'll get tired of waiting and they'll just leave. So notice here in verse 1. Belshazzar throws what I've done, a great feast. And the Bible says that he's hosting a thousand of his lords and other officials. Archaeologists have literally uncovered a lot of these banquet halls in the ruins of Babylon and they said that the, some of those that they have uncovered were able to seat at least 10,000 people. One hall, 10,000 people. And the, when you go back and read a little bit about Babylonian history, you'll find that they were notorious about having these parties and these banquets. I mean, they were just, a, they were these just drunken banquets. Uh, they, they, I mean, any time a government thing went together, there was alcohol everywhere, which reminded me of the Betty Ford Clinic. Think about it. Betty Ford was the wife of President Gerald Ford. She had a bad alcohol problem. And this is what she said. She complained that whenever government officials got together for meetings that there was always alcohol present. She said, no wonder our government is in such bad shape. I'm here to let you know. I'm telling you, our government's run by a bunch of drunks. Yeah. Look in 1 Kings chapter 20. You say, well, man, what's that? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm setting some precedent. I'm showing you what God has to say about this. If you look in 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 16, you'll notice where Ben-Hadad, who was king of Syria, he was defeated by the Israelites because when the Israelites attacked, the Bible says he was drinking himself drunk in the pavilions. He and the kings, the 30 and 2 kings had helped them. They were in there having a big party and they were just getting drunk. Folks, listen, the Bible condemns the use of alcohol, period. Come on, we might as well say amen, it's in here. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Alcohol is a deceiver, Oh, preacher, it just won't happen to me. It's just a social thing. It's a deceiver. Proverbs, look in chapter 23. Let me get over. Proverbs chapter 23. I didn't write this. I didn't write all this one down. Proverbs chapter 23, look in verse 29. It says, who hath woe? Who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling. Are y'all getting a picture here? Yes. Who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes. Are you, you, you thinking about that? You ever seen somebody that's drunk and they wake up the next morning going, Man, how did that happen? I mean, man, I heard all over. What happened? Who hath, whoa, who hath babbling. You ever seen somebody drunk? Man, they're, they're, they're babblers. Well, I, listen, God's word's been around a long time. Keep, let's keep going. They that, tarry long at the wine. Well, I don't stay long, preacher. Wait a minute, just stay with me. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At last, at the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. You ever Think about it, you ever see a mast in a ship in a storm? I'm telling you, uh, I, it, it, went, the other, that day I woke up that morning at four a.m. and vertigo, I'd never dealt with vertigo in my life, and I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, it, I, I just and I'm think I think about it now, and it makes my head swim a little bit. And you just all of a sudden you are just moving in a circle, and there's nothing that you can do about it. God says it's like somebody on a mast. They have stricken me. Shalt thou say? I was not sick, they've beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? And here it is, I will seek it yet again, deceiver. When Belshazzar drank that wine, listen, he got drunk, and you know what happened? He got brave. That's what alcohol do for you. Yep, it'll make you brave. It'll bring on some false courage. And he wanted to make a gesture to defy the army that's outside the wall, these Medes and Persians. So he throws a big party. And this big party is intended to send a message, a message that says, you know what, we're not scared of you. We're the mighty Babylon. We've got walls that are just impregnable. No way you can get in whatsoever. But remember the courage that he got? Yeah, he took it a little, little further. And he defied God. You see, when Nebuchadnezzar, if you go back and read, when he uh, took Judah captive, he destroyed the temple and he took a lot of the sacred vessels out of the temple and he took them back to Babylon with him. And Belshazzar knew that. And so he decides to do something that he might not have done had he not been drunk. You know, alcohol will make you make foolish decisions. Yes, sir. It'll make you say stupid things. Yep. It'll make you do some stupid stuff. Yep. Notice what he does. So he ordered that all these sacred vessels be brought into the party. Remember, remember what these vessels were? They were holy vessels. Right. They were used in, uh, in the temple that Solomon had built and dedicated that to Jehovah God. But here the vessels are now; they're being used to profane God. Belshazzar brought them in; they're fixing; they're having a big party. It has nothing to do with God. Right. I mean, but but the reality is: think about this. Nothing is too sacred to be profaned when individuals have have been overcome, or they are under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Nothing is too sacred. Have you ever? I mean, I've thought this before. How? Churches are being burned, and all these things are happening. And I've, asked, I've asked the question: Is there nothing not too sacred anymore? Nope. Not when you're under the influence of alcohol or, or drugs. So here's, here's Belshazzar. Uh, he's he's there having this big party, and. You know, and and let me say it again, the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ never ever condoned the use of alcohol on any level. Amen. 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 Y'all go ahead and say amen, it's okay. Um, But I want you to notice something that you you don't see. You don't see Daniel. And I thought, huh. And then I thought, Lord, I mean, I, said, I, I thought, why is Daniel not there? And I thought, you know what? There's just some things that a child of God has no business being around. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's pretty simple. I mean, so Daniel's not there. And the only time he comes is when the king summons him to interpret the writing on the wall. Right. Yeah. Then Daniel shows up. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... Listen, I've been invited to stuff before, and you know what I say? No. I, and I don't try to, I don't try to, sometimes, I, I've tried in the past, but it's got to that place where I don't try to be diplomatic so much anymore. You know, you try to say, no, I just, I'm, I'm kind of busy. I don't think I can make it. You know, I'm, you know, I got this thing. You know? You know what I tell them? No. Um,. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor and I'm a child of God. I'm not coming. I mean, I, it, haven't we got to that place today, folks, where Christian people need to stand up? We don't have to be mean about it or nothing. We don't have to be in your face. We just have to say, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a born-again child of God. I don't, I don't do that. I'm afraid I might hurt my Heavenly Father's feelings if I even get around it. So I say no. So Daniel, Daniel's not there. Um, so he shows up, and look in verse two. It lets us know something about the uh, the banquet. Let me get back over here, chapter five, verse two. It says Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded them to bring in the vessels, and and uh, they all drank out of them. Now, now think about this. These I've never thought about this before until I started really studying for the the lesson. The, these holy vessels, you remember, that Belshazzar brings them in, and he uses them to drink wine, to drink alcohol out of them, okay? These holy vessels. Holy vessels, sacred vessels. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that, who you and I are as children of God? You know what we are? A holy vessel. Right. A temple of the Almighty God. I mean... Doesn't the Bible say what? No, you not. That your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost of God, which is in you. I mean, um, I mean, there's some things as children of God, Christians, that listen, I want you to get this, that uh, we should not subject this holy vessel to or put anything in it, especially alcohol. I mean, because... Watch. We, if you think about Belshazzar, think of what he's doing. He is desecrating the holy vessels of God. Right, right, right. He, and he did it on purpose. Yeah. He called him in and said, hey, man, I'm just, he not only, we're going to get to this in a minute, but he's not only sending a message to the people outside the walls, but he's about to send a message to God himself. Right, yeah. And listen, there's some things as children of God that desecrate this temple, the vessel, a holy, sacred vessel of Almighty God. And I know, and, and listen, years ago, I'm telling you, preachers used to get on a, a soapbox about, uh, about uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and when we would hammer that stuff, and we can all say amen, but we got off of that. And, and we stopped mentioning it ever, and, and you know what happened? Listen, a lot of go- a good, godly people went back into that, uh, whether it was a little bit or a lot, we need to stay away from it. Because it desecrates a holy vessel Amen. I mean um, Too many today are They're making a mockery of the sacred yes. The name of God's taken in vain I, I, I hate that That's right. That's right. That just right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Um, Not just God's name But Jesus' name Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, We're talking about mockery of the sacred Now, put your seatbelt on for a second. The Lord's day is a thing of the past. First, it's called the Lord's day. Then it became the weekend. Amen. Now it's just another day because that's that's the only day I have to sleep in. That's the only day I have off. Preacher, that's the only day I have to run my errands. And God has got pushed out of his day. And the world has got pushed in. And we have made a mockery of the sacred. And we can all say, oh, me, or amen. Amen. It's still sacred. Yep. Well, here's old Belshazzar. He's doing it up. They're drinking alcohol from these sacred vessels. They're praising the God of God. Look in verse 4. It tells us. It said they drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, of stone. I mean, I mean, they're they're alcohol doing a job on them. And by the way, folks, alcohol does not help your theology any. Yeah, uh, and just while I'm thinking about it, it doesn't encourage holy living either. Right? Look, look in Isaiah. I like scripture because it's got a lot of stuff in there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 28 and look in verse 7. And you can read the whole, the whole thing beginning in verse 1. But I want, I'll just read verse 7 for the sake of time. It says, but they also have erred through wine and through strong drink. Are out of the way. The priests and the prophets have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. You know what? does the same thing to anybody who partakes of alcohol in no matter how, what quantity. Um, And so here's Belshazzar. He's challenging God. But watch this. This time, God takes up the challenge. Listen, when people challenge God, at some point God's going to take up the challenge. And you know what? We lose yep. every time. Look, notice something about the, the fear. Now, think about this. Now, just maybe, and I'm just, going, I'm just throwing this out there. Just maybe when these, the fingers of God appeared and they started writing, uh, something, just maybe somebody thought, that king's crazy. He just drunk out of his mind. You follow me? Uh, Maybe, maybe the writings had already been there and they just never noticed them. Maybe. But my question is, and I'm going back to Scripture, what about the fingers that wrote it? Um, And and I'm asking myself, I play devil's advocate with myself, and I thought, well, you know what I believe? I believe it happened just the way God said it happened. Amen. Okay? I believe the hand of God wrote on the wall. Amen. I mean, had, now think, I thought of this. Has, has the hand of God written before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look in Exodus chapter 8 yeah. in verse 19. Yeah. If you go back there, when the plagues came, the Egyptian magicians, if you go back there, it says, This is the finger of God. Oh, yeah, the finger of God's been around a while. Before it ever got here, yep. it happened in the New Testament in Luke chapter 11. It talks about, I do the miracles by the finger of God. It says, I do cast out devils by the finger of God. Listen, the finger and the hand of God has been around a long time. Amen. And if you want to come into direct contact with it, you know what I tell people, then just keep living outside the will of God and you'll find out what the hand of God's like. It's almost like discipline from a parent. Right. You know, I've, I've gotten spanking. I still remember when I was young about my, my mom. I could pretty much tolerate her. But when my dad got after me, I'm telling you, I, it, he would use his hand on occasion, not very often, but every once in a while. Maybe there wasn't anything else around. But he would give me a whooping with his hand, and I felt like he had beaten me with a, a, a tree stump. Listen, the hand of God's a whole lot worse and been around a while. Look in verse 5. When, when did all this take place? The Bible says, in the same hour, while the party's in full swing, the people are profaning the sake. I can just, I mean, you can just visualize what's going on. They're all, uh, they're all, you know, three sheets in the wind. Man, they're having a good time. Their speech is slurred. They're probably slobbering on everything. They're toasting everybody, and they're thinking everything is good. I mean, they are having a great time. But in the same hour, listen, God's timing is impeccable always. Whether by blessing or by judgment, God's timing is always right on. And God made certain that these party folks knew their unholy deed was prompted. Listen, that their unholy deed has prompted the judgment of Almighty God in the same hour. Look at the where. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, It was in a conspicuous place. It was in the line of vision for Belshazzar in his wickedness that he could see it and if you notice it says uh, in verse 5 it said in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace and the king saw in other words while the hand was doing the writing he, he saw what it was going on immediately he saw it the Bible tells us that it was the It was where the candlestick on the wall was. And you know what that lets me know? That, listen, watch this, that God wrote that in the place where it would receive maximum visibility. He wrote it right, he didn't, listen, he didn't write it in the dark where people couldn't see it. He didn't write it in a shadowy place where he had to look really hard and think, you know, is that, is that what I think it is? No, wait a minute. He wrote it. There was a candlestick uh, on the wall there, and God wrote it right by the light. Amen. He wrote it where everybody could see it, where there would be witnesses. Right, right. You know, when I thought about that, I thought, listen, isn't it the same way with the Word of Almighty God? Amen. Listen, God had, didn't give us his word where it was hard to get a hold of. He got, wrote it to where all of us could understand it. Amen. He don't want it to be a secret. Right, right. So he wrote it where all of us could get it. Well, preacher, oh, man, it's, I don't understand it. it. Well, it's written on an eighth grade level. Yeah. I mean, God wrote here where everybody could see it. But notice the what. It was only the fingers. It wasn't the hand. It wasn't even the person. Well, why did he do that? Well, because God wanted the focus to be on what was written. He wanted the emphasis to be on the message and not the messenger. Preachers ought to learn that. Man, we got preachers today that are standing up, I'll admit, I'm not the, I don't want to be a flashy guy, I want to dress right and respect the office that God has given me, but I'm telling you, there's some guys that are standing in the pulpits of this country today that they're just a little bit too shiny for me. Are y'all still here Say, amen? I mean, they're a little bit too polished. well. I'm sorry to tell you what you see is what you get right here. Amen. Hey man, I don't. If I if, if if I throw any you know dollar words out there, it's because I been all day in the dictionary looking one up so I could just you know try to be a little bit impressive. But that's not me. Listen, I'm telling you, it's not about me. It's about the message. It's about reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, and a lot of preachers don't understand that today. But but a lot of preachers fill their message so full of the messenger. Listen, it's almost like a show and tell. But I'm here to try to help you. I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm here to say, thus saith the Lord. And I believe that's what God's trying to show us here. Listen, it's about the message, not about the messenger. So God, he wrote with just the fingers. And when it was written, Belshazzar knew judgment was directed at him for his wickedness. He had no excuse. Just as we mentioned before, listen, man has no excuse. One day when we stand before God or when one day when the lost man stands before God, he will have no excuse. Look in Psalm chapter 19. Stay with me I am almost through Psalm Look in chapter 19 Look in verse 1 through 4 The heavens declare the glory of God And the firmament showeth his handiwork Day unto day uttereth speech And night unto night showeth knowledge There is no speech nor language Where their voice is not heard their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Listen, I'm letting you know God's all, he's letting us know that there is a creator. Amen. He's letting us know that he is the one that's put all this together. However, people still refuse to consider the evidence. Listen, and they are willingly ignorant. And there's no, they, but God says they're without excuse. And notice what happens to him. I'm, I'm moving through, so stay with me. He is so scared that the Bible says his countenance was changed and he started, the Bible says, crying aloud. That literally means to shriek. Ah! What is that? I mean, I'm telling you, this guy is, I, I mean, he's scared. Full-grown man. Listen, have you ever done, seen things that scare you? I was talking to uh, uh, Brother Marco this afternoon about a preacher friend of mine, his uh, a young lady that that I led to the Lord in Pampa, and they rode the bus, and her, and her little girl years later, well, now she's a sheriff's deputy in Pampa. And there was a, they had a call from somebody, the, the cemetery's out on the edge of town, no lights or nothing like that. So they had a call that there was a, there was a bunch of people out in the cemetery, and a lot. they were out there running around, hooping and hollering, and so they called them, and they said, yeah, we'll go. So her and this uh, uh, other deputy sheriff, young man, went out there, who also was another, uh, uh, grew up, or their daddy grew up in the church. So they went out there, and before they ever got there, the, they had the windows rolled down. It was nice and cool, and, and they could hear a commotion going on they looked out the the, the, the the windshield of the car and they, they, they could see stuff out there running around and they thought, my, my word, what in the world? So they took their the thing, on their light on their car and they showed out there and, and nothing. And Nikki said, you know, that's strange. So she looked at the young man and said, well, let's go out there, you know, and there, we got to check this out. So they grab their flashlights, and they're walking out, and they can hear it. They're walking out through there, and they can see images. They just can't, you know, and she takes her flashlight, throws it up on her shoulder, shuts it on, and and guess what? Nothing. So she looks at this guy and says, did you see that? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Are you hearing what I'm hearing? He goes, yeah. And so she said, well, just a minute. Let me try that again. So she takes a few more steps, and she throws her... They're, they're listening. then she can hear it. She can see him. And she throws the flashlight back up. She flicks it on. And nothing. And she looks. And she goes, did you see? And she looks to, to talk to him. And she turns. And he's already about 100 yards back toward the car. <laughs> Listen, that's scary. Belshazzar sees the fingers of Almighty God. A whole lot more scary than a. Than what these folks saw out in the graveyard And he cries out Um, And you know when I got to thinking about people that die without Christ You understand that um, When people die and go to hell um, There's not going to just be physical pain You see Belshazzar was in such mental anguish There was no physical pain It was all mental anguish, emotional pain because he knew he went too far He knew that he challenged God And God was about to take the challenge Listen, people will remember every opportunity They had to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior They'll remember every person that knocked on their door And they stood there and they, would, and they said Just like they told uh, me And who, I forgot who I was with uh, Brother Wujin Saturday We're not interested. They'll remember. Uh, And they'll cry out. Um, That's what's happening to Belshazzar. But then I thought, why didn't he look at the, I mean, he had to have somebody come in and interpret that. So when he saw it, why did he not interpret it as something like, yeah, boys, I'm telling you, they ain't going to get us today. This is a victory. This is a sign of victory. If I ever sing one, this has got to be it. Man, we're it, we're good. Why did he not interpret it in a positive way? And the reason is because we always interpret things according to our conscience. Now you say, how do you know that? Well, let's go back to Adam and Eve real quick. i, I got about five minutes. Hang up. Stay with me When you go back to Adam and Eve You remember when they sinned What's the first thing they did They clothed themselves And then when they heard the voice of God Walking in the cool of the day What'd they do They hid themselves You know why Because they interpreted the visit of God According to their conscience Yeah. Uh, Here's another one. When Herod, you remember, he had uh, John the Baptist killed. And when someone came in and was telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ and how uh, his ministry has really taken off, people were, I mean, things were really going and changing. You remember how, uh, what uh, Herod said? He goes, this is John the Baptist. Come back from the dead. Why did he do that? He interpreted the unknown according to his conscience. Yeah. You see, sometimes you ever notice somebody? I mean, I've seen people a telephone call or a knock on the door, scare them to death. You know why? Conscience. Uh, there's an old saying that says, Conscience makes cowards of us all. Yeah. And folks, until a man comes to the realization that sin distresses the mind... All the drugs in the world won't bring peace. They won't bring remedy to the heart of man. And in verse 6 it says, The joints of his loins were loosed. That refers to his hips and knees. And all this reaction is uh, stems from fear. Which stemmed from the fingers riding on the wall. And by the way, I want to reemphasize this, that that his wickedness is what prompted his fear. Okay? Righteousness, think about this. Righteousness can look at tragedy, trials, pain, and suffering with a whole lot more calmness than wickedness. Yeah. You see, sin destroys the peace that comes from God. Yeah. Um, I need the peace of God in my life. Yeah. Uh, I mean... But you can't have it and live in sin. Amen. I mean, look around us today. Look at all the people today who they run here and there. They're worried. They're I mean, they're worried sick about things that really don't matter. Um, but if you want a clear conscience, you got to stay prayed up. Yeah. Then if and if you stay prayed up, and your account is sitting at zero before God, when trials and 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 Suffering and pain comes You know what You'll respond in a way That's led of the Holy Spirit of God And you're going to say Yeah, okay God's got this You know why Because your conscience is right But, but there's a day Are we living a day Where the Bible talks about How people's consciences Have been seared With a hot iron Scary place to come I'm thankful today that the Holy Spirit of God still comes to me and says, hey, you know, what are you doing? Amen. And when the, when the Holy Spirit comes and thumps us a little bit, you know what we ought to do? Come and pray and say, God, help me with that. Amen. Amen. And then when th- something comes, then you'll respond in a way that brings honor and glory to, to the things of God. Amen. Man, old Belshazzar's in trouble, and he knows it. Yeah. It's like my dad used to say, boy, go back to your room. I'll be back there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah, right. Belshazzar knows. Can I ask you something? Where are you at tonight? Um, is, is there something that's robbing you of your peace? Then come and lay it at the foot of the cross and leave it and let God take care of it. Whatever that might be. If, if, if you just want to come, maybe there's somebody that you want to pray for. I want you to come. Father, help us, Lord. Give this invitation for the next minute or so, Lord and God gives give our folks an opportunity to come and and Lord maybe there's something troubling them maybe there's something God in their life they just need direction on God please help them and Lord help us God to uh, keep short accounts with you and that when you do speak to us God that we're ready to respond in the way that brings glory and honor to your name and we'll give you praise in Jesus name Amen while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just for a few minutes, let me encourage you, you come, the Lord speaking to your heart.